0: scooter and this is let's chat with scooter these are conversations with people that i've come across on my path through this wonderful journey we call life their stories i hope will impact you on a personal level lift you up educate you make you smile or inspire you to reach for your goals and dreams so that you may be the best version of you that you were meant to be let's spread the positivity and now today's chat Welcome to Let's Chat with Scooter today we have with us a very special guest. I would like to introduce Carly Bearden, who we will get to know a little bit better today. I would like to thank Carly for being on my podcast. It is truly an honor to have you with us here today yes,
1: so thank uh
0: you. yeah, you're welcome. Let's get to it. Who is Carly bearden
1: Carly bearden uh who is that girl um twenty one years old l g b t q advocate um musician you know i just i just strive for vulnerability and just um bringing some sort of comfort um to my community within my music and that's that's just my main goal is just to spread vulnerability and love and just a safe space in general for anyone who wants to be you know a part of what i'm doing here
0: tell us a little bit about where you're from
1: so i am born and raised in fort worth texas um, I've been here my whole life. I have not moved out of state. Um, my, my family's from Texas, you know, everyone's from Texas and we just, um, this is where everything began and this is home for me. So, uh, yeah, I bounced between Fort Worth and Dallas and just the music scene here is impeccable. So.
0: You saw snow today, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Okay. The funniest thing about that is it is snowed everywhere around us, um, on the ground, and a few inches but here it's just like flurries here and there which it's still nice it's just it's just comforting and it's nice to be inside and just chilling
0: for those of us like myself who've never had the pleasure of visiting or living in the area um how would you describe the fort worth area
1: um honestly as a kid like growing up i wanted to it, it, being from fort worth and like seeing how like people who lived in out of state or, like, by the beach or by the mountains. Like, I was always super jealous of it. But it's not really about a a place for me. It's about the people within the place. And um, that's what I love so much about Fort Worth and, and Texas in general is just everyone who I've grown to love and have been around my whole life is just right here in this area. And it's something that I don't want to leave, you know?
0: Yeah, and you, you touched on the, the music scene there. What's that like?
1: Right. So, uh, luckily... I'm I'm blessed to be a part of the Fort Worth scene. Now there is a Dallas uh, music scene. They're a whole nother thing. You know, uh, no beef, obviously. It's just a little bit different scenery. Uh, in Fort Worth, you know, we're blessed to have Leon Bridges and Abraham Alexander be kind of the leaders of our community here um, because they're from here and they stayed here. You know, they could have the chance to go and live wherever they wanted to, but they wanted to be right here in Panther City, you know, to help artists like us. Um, come up and you know be a mentor and i really respect that a lot about them um it's been you know my family's here my real family and my music family um what got me started is just all right here within 15 20 minutes of each other
0: tell us a little bit about um those who inspired you music wise
1: yeah so everyone asks like who inspires me if you could have dinner with one like famous person who would it be and you know, growing up, my mom, I say this every, every time she's sitting here laughing, my mom, she she was the biggest uh, Stevie Nicks Fleetwood Mac fan, and obviously as a kid, like, I thought it was dope, I thought it was sick, I thought the music was great, it's like being an old soul from a young age, the way my sister and I are, uh, really helped me getting older, because not a lot of people my age even know who, like, Fleetwood Mac is, and I think it's the craziest thing. Um, so Stevie Nicks, just, just because of who she is, man, she's a wild soul. um, And she, because of that, it just brings everyone together. And I feel like I can, con- yeah, my mom's like, she's an icon. <laughs> I feel like I can just relate to her in many ways. And then on top of that, Leon Bridges, like he was someone I've listened to forever. And just having the chance to be able to go to a, a personal vulnerable setting with him and just be able to rock out with him, that was just, that just enhanced the idea that I want to do this forever
0: let's turn back the clock a little bit what was school like for a young Carly Bearden
1: school good old school um school for me was fine man like I I hated math I hated science was never good at it um I, I literally hated it um but I was really really good at English and writing and that kind of sparked everything for me I feel Yeah. And I played, I played sports, you know, I played uh, softball my whole life, starting from the time I was like three to about 18. I I went through all of the sports and um, through that all, you know, I gained a community of people who I love and care about and who are my people still to this day. And, you know, obviously when you became a senior in high school, you're like, get me the hell out of here. Like, (laughs) But once I got the hell out of there, it's like, I want to go lay in my mommy's bed because I'm scared. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, the, the world's kind of a big place after that.
1: It is a big place. It's a big, scary place. And that's why it's hard to, you know, I wish I could tell. I, I had the opportunity um, when I was a sophomore in college, I went back and visited uh, my high school and there is a teacher there and her name's Kits Kitz Miller and I'll never forget her. And I went in to visit her and I ended up teaching that whole class. Uh, because she was like you know what let's forget the subject for the day if anyone has any questions for Carly about college like go ahead and shoot it at her I was not prepared at all but the one thing I do remember saying is I know you want to get out of this town so badly but you're you're gonna end up calling your mom saying mom I just I just took a shower mom I just did my laundry mom I just ate food you know she's gonna be like oh yeah yeah, yeah. and then you're like it, it just it all changes you know
0: it does, and I still call my mom to this day and tell her little things like that, so you never grow out of it.
1: Never grow out of it. Yeah, I'm laying in my mom's bed right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when did you know that you were not into boys and it wasn't just because they were icky?
1: Funny question. I knew, um, what was the question? my mom asked what was the question. When did you know that you weren't into boys and that they were icky? I think, you know, for a long time, it was really hard for me to digest um, the understanding that you can like someone that's the same gender as you, Um, but I grew up, and I had so many boyfriends, and I had, like, they were so cute and so sweet, and I just remember the whole time, you know, like, I liked them, but I was scared because I was like, damn, if I really don't feel this for this person, I'm never going to find love. I don't feel intensely about this guy who's so great and wonderful. I'm never going to find love. And it wasn't until I was 16 years old, 15, 16 years old um, to where I actually, you know, came to terms with my sexuality. And, you know, at first it was hard for everyone around me as it, as it would be, you know, as it should be, I was, that was expected, but um, luckily, you know, my family, that wasn't something they wanted to lose our relationship over about, you know, like if anything, it, it made it stronger and more intensely especially between my mom and I because um, she went to pride with me and like stuff that kids like dream their parents would do for them is like what my mom did after we went through that hard shit and she went through it and now she's like my girlfriend like comes over in here and like chills without me type stuff so yeah at, at age 16 is when I really came to terms with everything and I just kind of told everyone very nonchalantly and no one was like oh my god oh my god oh my god no one went crazy everyone was like hey man like just do you and then yeah my mom said I think we kind of knew that's what everyone also said they're like oh big surprise but no what I noticed about that was is like when I did come out in high school and I got myself out of the whole cliche bubble of what you should be in high school a lot of people started you know making their own way for each other and that's something that I'm really really proud of just being able to push that into my small community of like do what you want love who you want type stuff
0: did you uh attend normal high school functions or when you were coming out were you afraid of not fitting in how did that play out
1: yeah of course high school you know I my best friends still to this day like we were a high school group and I was bouncing around from like musicians to drama kids to football players to cheerleaders like I, I had a lot of really really great friends and I fit in. It wasn't hard for me to fit in. Uh, I loved going to football games and I loved going to pep rallies and all the, all the crazy stuff you do. Like when you're in high school, I loved it. Parties and everything. Um, When I came out though, I I didn't struggle to be honest. I, I may have like stepped away from a few people because I knew that their energy could not match mine. Um, But I never lost anyone really. I just, it just enhanced the, ability for other people to say hey I don't actually want to be a cheerleader I'm only doing this because you know that's what is cool you know like that that's how it was for me I just I came out I was like hey I have a girlfriend to everyone and they're like oh sick (laughs) of course you know like some of the some of the boys who are the football players who had a crush on me you know kind of said some smart remarks but I set them all down I remember I set them all down and I was like just because you have a crush on me and now that i am a gay woman doesn't give you the right to come at me sideways and then after that like that is the only sort of confrontation i've had to do ever
0: how did music become a part of your life
1: so going back to like high school i was in um like english writing like creative writing clubs i started my own like I, I, I loved writing so, so much, and as a kid, like, when you're, my, fi- my sister's 15, she's sitting here right next to me, I hope you're listening to me, too, I know you are, uh, but, like, around that age, like, 15 and 16, you really get in touch with your emotions, and you really get in touch with what being in the, quote, feels means, like, it's a, um, it's a really serious thing, you know, at that age, and so I started getting in the feels a lot, man, I was like, shit, I, I had been, I was, coming out of the closet. I had had multiple little flings that caused me heartbreak. And then like a major fling that lasted like three years that just broke me and shredded me. And I I was never one who could speak about it. I was always one who just wrote it down because that's what I was good at. And so I had this book and I got it when I was 15 and I dated it. And I said, when you turn 18, publish this. Never did, sadly. But what I did do was I wrote down everything in that book man like if my mom I was so scared my mom was gonna find that book and be like you need a therapist but in reality it's like that is my therapy and so I took that book and I was like damn like let's start let's start making this this into a song or like a rap or something and so I just started writing down lyrics that sounded like poetry and then I learned guitar and piano and drums by ear growing up I don't know the names of keys or chords or anything i just i learned by ear still to this day i don't know anything um so i remember i just i sat down and i wrote a song called yet again and it's my first song ever and i was terrified to sing and avery burke uh lives lives down the street from my mom and she became a big influence of mine as i came out like i i pushed myself out of that high school group um and moved more into like creatives and and people i've met online who just inspired me and so I was around Avery a lot and uh, she was singing and just doing her thing. And I was like, damn, if I had the balls to do that, I would. Until one day I was like, hey, dude, I wrote a song. It's called Yet Again. I need you to go stand in the bathroom and I'm going to go stand in this room and I'm going to sing it and then we're never going to talk about it again. <laughs> and she was like, OK, bet. So we did that and I was I was shaking. I was sweating. And uh, I sang it and I played it on the guitar and she came out and she was just quiet for a second. This was back in 2016, 2015. And uh, she was like, why haven't you done anything about this? Why haven't you allowed, like allowed the world to hear your voice? And I started laughing, man, because I was a softball player. I was, I wanted to go to college for softball. Like sports was everything to me. And this was just for fun, you know? Um, And so that day she convinced me to uh, record like a video recording of Yet Again. And I I played it on the guitar. She played it on the piano and we posted it on Facebook for my family to see because my family didn't know I was like wanting to sing and wanting to do all that. And so I posted it for shits and giggles. And the next day I woke up and a guy had messaged me on uh, Facebook and he was like, hey, I'm out of Fort Worth. I would love to record this for free, talking about yet again. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's go with the flow here. And so we went to the studio. Avery came and, you know, some of my friends came and we're in there for about nine hours. And I felt like I was on crack. I had never felt like sports. Nothing had given me that type of feeling in my whole life. And so we were just going ham and like I was directing it and he was teaching me along the way. And then out of nowhere, I dropped Yet Again on Instagram and Spotify. And people were like, what the, what the hell? I was very cool about it, nonchalant. Like, I was like, hey, if you want to. So Yet Again came out and then I started getting some followers and messages like, oh, this is wonderful. Like, you should do something else. You should do something else. And so just after that, it just went to let you down. Like, I I grew a family of creatives around me who just took me to these small little sessions and everything and just let me create and sing and like it was wonderful and Let Let You Down was the biggest song that like really got everything started for me like my followers had reached like 10k and and stuff was going up and I felt like I I quit softball senior year I I I did it was it was the hardest thing to ever do my coach she told me I remember I'll never forget she said this is the biggest mistake of your life and I walked out and that's when I just started recording music over and over and over and over. And it became more than just a hobby to me, but not enough for me to be like, this is what I'm going to do forever. So I still didn't know I was on this high of like, yeah, this is dope. This is so much fun, but there's no way someone like me could become something big in this industry. There's no way in hell. And so that's just, that's how it started. And then people were just supporting me left and right and, I went into college and, you know, I went through some hard times. I went through a hard breakup and it was really hard for me to do anything else besides try to eat, like eat and sleep and breathe. And so I took a break and then when I met Jasmine, like it just picked up, everything just picked up and went to a whole new level. And and that's where I'm at now. And I, I left college. It was terrifying. You, you never want to tell your parents, I want I want to drop out of college after they put everything in all the money everything and especially as a junior like <laughs> gotta be dumb as hell to do that and so I did and you know my parents were like very 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 supportive also a little worrisome like they should be but you know that was the best decision I've ever made in my entire life because now I I can fully focus on my career and not just waste their money
0: I mean you got to chase your dreams I I myself worked at Uh, a university and I saw people who went to school because their parents wanted them to, and they wasted their money. They wasted four years of their life that they could have devoted to something else. And you can always go back to school. You can always always get a degree, but you don't always have that opportunity to chase your dream.
1: Yeah. And you don't always get that opportunity. And I just felt like it was time. Like I, I just, something in my gut was telling me for months, like, you cannot do this anymore. You cannot waste money. You can't waste time. You can't waste time that you could be creating. And so one day I just blurted out to my dad, like, obviously my mom is one of my best friends. So it wasn't really hard to tell her because my mom created her career and created her life without a degree. And like, that's baller as hell. So it felt really easy to tell my mom, but my dad, on the other hand, you know, he's a little tougher and, scarier and so I remember I just blurted out to my dad I am dropping out of school this August and he was just silent silent but deadly and I I took him to a show the I I had a a really big show at the moon bar uh, before COVID started in February Um, and at the end of the night my dad in that moment he realized it wasn't the money it was all the people that were there and all the people that were willing to put in their own money to come see me. And that's when dad was like, yeah, follow your dream. Like, let's see, let's see what could happen.
0: Yeah. This isn't a hobby. This is a thing that could, could be. Yeah. So that's like a
1: parent's worst nightmare though, is like you have a kid who, who wants to be creative, you know, but it's also wonderful because it teaches, it teaches you a lot. And I feel like a lot of kids my age, you know, like want to take that jump and want to take that leap of like doing what they actually want and not just pleasing people. Cause you can't, you can't live your life that way with anything at all.
0: Does February seem like a lifetime ago?
1: Yes, dude. February seems like it was decades ago just because it was crazy. You know, like just, there was about five, it felt like there was about 500 people there. There was just around 200 and, um, it's just crazy because everyone was just there and in the moment and then the next second it's just like world shut down everything goes to shit like that was really hard on everyone man like it still is like everyone I thought my career was over I got I I remember the day after I played that show I got a call from a from a guy who was hosting one of the stages at South by Southwest and he said Hey, it's really weird, but one of our one of our uh people dropped out of the lineup and you were next up on the list. Welcome to South by. You're playing in a week. <laughs> and I freaked out. I freaked I'm I, I freaked out. Like it, I felt like stuff was just going up, 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 up. But life does not work that way. And so, you know, it it sucked for a minute. Like I, I had many, many mental breakdowns, but now when I see over the situation, it's like I, along with everyone else in the world, was putting so much into this new thing that I was losing myself along the way, and I needed a time to just do absolutely nothing. Now, for six months straight, that sucked, but for the first few months, like it it was nice to be able to just sit and not have to worry about messaging people back or not have to worry about the next show or the next rehearsal. Um, and it also helped me really grow into the artist I want to be and what I want to achieve instead of just rushing. Yeah, plus I, plus I did have COVID. Um, that, that was terrible.
0: Alex Gonzalez wrote an article in the Dallas Observer about oh. your performance in February. And he wrote about when you sang the emotional lyrics with your eyes closed, and when you opened them, you saw the audience, some 200 people with their eyes closed, Some were even holding hands. How did that make you feel?
1: I, you know, that is the one thing that made me realize like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Because I got up there and I was, oh my, dude, I, I was shivering. Like I was terrified. I felt like, I felt like, oh my God, this is going to determine everything in my life. I could leave right now and like just be a total little, bitch about it but I'm not going to and so I went up there and you know scared shitless and I did it and I did it naturally and I did it without anyone telling me what to do up there no one said anything and for an hour and a half like I was just up there doing my thing and like it was a song euphoria I was singing euphoria and that's a slower song more vulnerable no vocal pitching nothing I wanted it to be just straight straight vocals and uh I sang it and I was shaking, and I sounded not the greatest, but that's okay, because I looked out, and everyone, when I forgot the words, because I was so deeply, like, emotional because of what was going on, everyone carried it for me. It's like, everyone was singing the lyrics that I didn't have to, and I never, hearing your lyrics back to you is like, it feels like, I I can't, yeah, it feels like euphoria. I couldn't even explain it I remember I got down on my knees on stage and I was just like oh I was just it was almost a tearjerker like majorly and so that feeling is just like if 200 people inside of a tiny bar in Fort Worth can make me feel that way imagine an arena like dude I'll be on the I'll be asking for tissues like I will have tissues on deck because it's just an intense feeling and that's you know like you go to a show and I've been in the crowd. I've, I've sang lyrics so loud that my veins are popping out of my neck and I'm crying and things are just so real, but to to be up there and be the one who wrote those lyrics and just have people like sing them back. And they're like in their own dreamland in their head is like intense. And that's the only word I think I can use for It's like very intense.
0: So you've had the opportunity to do a number of photo shoots. What, right. What, what has that, what was that experience like?
1: So doing a bunch of photo shoots um, is something I love because, you know, you get to, you get to be a creative as well as be surrounded by people who are doing their thing, you know, like having an an artist themselves come up to me and say, Hey, I want to shoot you. Like, I think this would be dope is, is like a pleasure because you just get to go up there and you get to capture a moment that you might not get again. Or You just get to capture a moment that it's like, this is where I was at this time in my life. And this is the picture I get to remember it by. And so, you know, photo shoots to me are a lot of fun lately, you know, uh, with COVID and everything happening, it, it's harder to get into those big photo shoots and have a bunch of people there and wardrobe change and and a, and, and props and stuff. But I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. It's just a bunch of artists coming together to boost each other up. And a good thing is like my girlfriend's sister is, is an actual photographer for her job. So it was cool to have her come in there and just direct the show and, and uh, see what she could do. And, you know, it was awesome. I love doing photo shoots because it's crazy. Like each photo shoot I've done, I've noticed like my hair is a different color or like it's shorter or longer, but it's like these are total different times in my life like it's crazy and you can just do whatever you want in front of the camera and like people love it and that's I've always wanted to get into photography but I feel like being a musician's a little bit gonna be gonna be my way to go
0: (laughs) you have an Instagram account for those who don't know about it called rose colored individuality could you tell us about that account what inspired you to create it
1: Yeah, so what inspired me to create Rose Colored Individuality? uh, There was a time, like when my career was really, really taking off, it was really hard for me to respond to everyone. It was really hard for me to respond to DMs a lot. And I'd forget and then I'd feel like crap. And like, I didn't want to let people down. And then on top of that, like, I remember I I was at an event for COVID. Like, a year before COVID happened. And I was standing there with Jazz and uh, this girl, I looked to my left and she looked really hesitant. Like she wanted to come up to me, but she was scared, but she was so, uh, she runs up to me and just like jumps in my arms and like hugs me. And she's like, you've changed my life, but I was so scared to approach you because you're so intimidating. And that made me feel like ass, if I'm being honest. And the, the reason it did is because me in my pictures and me on social media, is completely different from the Carly that everyone actually knows and the worst thing to happen is to allow my fans to feel intimidated to approach me. And so, I created rose colored individuality because rose colored is just a page where I talk about vulnerable topics as a human being that every human being goes through cuz I wanted people to know like musicians I, I'm not I'm not a robot. Like people think my life is is perfect and it is far from that. Um, and so I just wanted to be vulnerable and be real through Rose Colored and make sure I responded to everyone and make sure I engaged with everyone and if I couldn't on my main page and so that's what Rose Colored is it's just a it's just a cute little Instagram where I talk about real life problems not even regarding music just being a human being and how to get through that because that's already a tough job.
0: I find it interesting that everybody that admires someone or looks up to someone whether it's an artist or an actor they always feel intimidated and I thought it was really touching that one of the things that you were promoting during COVID was that you wanted to go out and hug all your fans and you just can't wait till this is over
1: yeah so I want to be able to hug all 25,000 of you when this is over Um, and so I did have the chance to meet a few fans you know during COVID and it was Uh, we double masked up and there was no hugging, Uh, but it was, you know, me standing across the street and them standing across the street and just people saying like, oh my God, you're real. Like you drove your car here to meet me. Like you were a real person. Like that was intense because you know, like I, I cannot wait to be able to do meet and greets again. And I can't wait to be able to hold their hands and just like be in that moment with them, you know, like, that's so important to me. And just the fact that I've gotten this far, and there's so much stuff that's going on in my career, because of those people, it's like, the least I can do is hold your hand. <laughs> like, the least I can do is just hug you and thank you. Um But because of COVID, like, <laughs> you can't, you can't virtually hug someone, it's not the same thing. And so I just like constantly remind everyone, like, when this is over, I will make sure if I'm in your city, I will meet you because you have changed my life.
0: I think it meant a lot. The fact that you would, you went through the time and trouble to go there. You couldn't hug them, but you were showing them that you're approachable and to reach out if they wanted to.
1: Right. Absolutely. And like at the, I remember I met a fan and she was so sweet and at the end of it, she was like, I can't believe we're just like casually talking right now. I can't believe I'm casually talking to to you. And I was like, I started laughing. I was like, girl, I am just a person. Like I am, I am so wacky and I am so crazy. And I, I just thank you for allowing me to come outside of your home. Like that's creepy, but thank you for <laughs> allowing me. So we could like have that moment together, you know, like that was really important to me.
0: Are you finding it hard to balance your work with your personal life?
1: Am I finding it hard to balance my work with my personal life? Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, I am. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I am. Um, but I feel like that's what all artists go through. That's That's what all artists go through and that's what all people go through in general and it's just a matter of finding that fine line of uh when it's time to work and, and when it's time to, you know, go home and and just do do your normal life. Um yeah, it, it is pretty hard. Uh it's not impossible, but it definitely is difficult. You just gotta make sure your people know and make sure, you know, you know, like you have to have that time to do both.
0: And it sounds like you have a good support system that everybody's supportive whether it be jazz or your family.
1: So. Yes. My support system is is phenomenal. I couldn't ask for better people to be on this journey with me.
0: Do you have any funny stories you can share about what happens, um, what, what has happened on your journey this year?
1: Uh, oh, geez. Every day is like a, a freaking TV show. Will and I always say, like, if a, if a camera crew followed us around, we could definitely make a TV show on, like, MTV. I feel like, you know, every day I try to make something funny happen. I I don't, actually, I don't even try. Something funny just happens because of, like, the personalities I'm around and the people I'm around. Like, there's crazy stuff that happens. I mean, I just got back from a, a writer's retreat. Um, we had to take a bunch of COVID tests before going, and, uh, a few people came down from LA who were part of my team. And, you know, we just wrote for like three days straight and I didn't eat, I didn't sleep. I didn't freaking pee for all that. Cause I was, I was just sitting in the studio, you know, in my zone and stuff like that. Just like, that's what I remember forever is like moments like that and moments that it's just like, if I can't be funny with you, if I can't be sarcastic, if I can't just exist, I can't work with you. Like the vibes will not match up. And so there's always funny moments, man. I can't I can't lay my finger on like something lately that has been excessively like hilarious, but something always good and funny happens in the studio or just around the house.
0: I I know you have merchandise that's available at shopmoderngemini.com. Shirts, right. joggers, masks, stickers and other merchandise. Shameless plug here. Right. Um, for those that are interested, shop yes. Um, grab some merchandise. So let's fast forward to many years into the future okay. to a more, I will say not an older Carly, but a more experienced Carly right. sitting on her couch, looking back. What do you want to be thinking of that are your memories that you, you hold most dear?
1: You know... This is something that I think about to this day, because about me, like my anxiety is just so rude. And so I have it a lot and I put myself into the future before I'm even there. Um, I do that a lot. I've been doing that a lot recently. And the one thing I hope that when I'm sitting on my couch in like five, 10 years, I'm just thinking back on like things I, I've done and things I could have done differently. It's just like I have to keep in mind who who was a ride or die. Who was there for me? Like who I am and if I let that if I let things change, if I let circumstances change, like can I be able to handle that? And I think it's just important that you stick with the people who got you started. And that's, I think, is like the main thing that I, I, I will definitely sit on like five years down the road. If I'm living in another state, if I'm chilling on a freaking beach, like I, what's going to be in my head is not the money. It's not going to be the 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 whole music thing. It's going to be, I think, who, you know, was around and who I treated correctly and who, you know, just helped me throughout this whole thing. I think that's important. That's most important. Yeah.
0: Before we go, I'd like to ask, is there anything you wish to say to those listening um, to your current and future fans?
1: Right. Yeah. If you're listening, I just want to say thank you guys so much uh, for listening in, uh, us being vulnerable here. Thank you, Scooter. You're the realist. You've been the realist for the last year now. Um, But no, just I know I know it's a tough time and um, 2020 was was terrible, but it's just a number. And, uh, at the end of the day, tough times don't last tough people do. So, um, I just, I just want to thank you for having me on here and just, uh, being able to set aside reality and life for a minute to talk about, uh, goals and dreams and past and future.
0: No, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, look forward to having you on in the future after you put out some more beats.
1: Right. Yep. It's coming. I swear. I swear. Everyone who's listening, I swear there's more music coming out. There's a lot that's happening um, that I have to set straight first before I can uh, fully divulge into um, letting those songs out Um, because things have changed. The sound is a little bit different, and I'm really, really proud of it, and I want to make sure everything's perfected and uh, everything's in line before I send it to you guys.
0: I know we're all uh, anxiously waiting. Can't wait to see you in concert. (laughs) And um, Well, I do appreciate your time thank your mom in the background for helping out
1: said thank thank mom in the background for helping out Uh